Hi. It's the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott at Akron Jackson at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Uh, shouts, as always, to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, and to Cleveland Whiskey for helping to make this thing happen. To you guys for helping it grow. Um, Dre, we were like proud papas yesterday. We got the picture of somebody wearing a congrat jersey walking up, making the, making the death march from the Muni lot to First Energy Stadium. I mean, in all seriousness, that may be better than a paycheck. I mean, at this point in time. Uh, because, obviously, the grassroots route works. Uh, whoever that fan is, we're still looking for you. Shout out to um, our man Hayden. I almost called him Hayden Fry. Rest in peace to Hayden Fry. <laughs> Hayden Grove. Um, nice pickup, nice call. Uh, and whoever you are with the number six congrats jersey, uh, I am going to keep that as my avatar until probably New Year's. Um, and really, the game didn't matter once I saw it. In all honesty, I could have went back to sleep and took a nap because uh, we knew what was coming. But that was uh, that was the moment, to say the least, for the AZ podcast. It sure was. Hey, guys, we have a lot of fun doing this. Um, if you're new here, we try to give the disclaimer that we get excited. We venture into mature slash immature subjects, and we say four-letter words. Um, sometimes just because we're bad people. So if any of that's not for you, if there are kids around or if you're in a work environment, uh, put in your earbuds or come back and listen to A to Z at some other time. We don't want anybody to get in trouble. It's naughty or nice season, and we want everyone to um, have the most pleasant experience that they can. Um, Drew, we talk a lot of times. Well, Z, 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 before we get going, yep. because this has become a popular thing, um, I think it's best to have you kind of re- recount and tell people, what congrat means and why it's used by us. Just give them a, a small, because I told you, I texted you during the game. I mean, for my sisters down, I had about 15, 20 people before one o'clock yesterday text and go, okay, what exactly is congrat again? And I was like, oh, so you have <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, the, the stuff, it has to happen organically, right? You, you can only feed a uh, dog check so much and hope that it sticks. It's got to happen organically. So absolutely. Um, Long story short, that goes back five years ago, exactly five years ago now. Um, there was a person on Twitter who's not real intelligent, and he was using <laughs> congrat and thinking that it was like congrats. And anyway, he was involved with some people I know, and, and we were like just kind of passing it back and forth as a joke. And I, w- I put Andre in on the joke because it was involved some, some basketball stuff that, that he was aware of. And we were just like talking about how funny it was. Like I said, it's to tell the full story doesn't do it justice because there's no like yeah, punchline no. unless you knew it. So we just happened to be one day, you know, when we dial up this line to get on the podcast, sometimes it's 10 seconds, sometimes it's 10 minutes. Jerry and I talk, make sure we're on the same page. Hey, did you hear about this? Hey, you know, when we start rambling today, make sure I get into this. So I just gone on some sarcastic <laughs> tangent after I had told Dre the follow up to the congrats story. And he just used congrat in that tone, and we just <laughs> laughed, and we started doing it, and we have T-shirts with it. And um, I want to play some congrat congrats today because we haven't done that in a while, right? I think that's a – Yeah, we do need to do that. Yeah, we do so, need to play congrat congrats. Yeah, so we'll do that for Christmas. Yeah. I want to say this. Um, you know, in the past at this time of year when we've talked about New Year's or Christmas or whatever, and you know, different strokes for different folks, if you have a New Year's resolution, if your family's big into Christmas, if you – or the buy humbug type, you know, whatever. But I do think, for me anyway, um, you know, it is important, whatever the milestone may be, and frankly, sometimes it's the Monday after the Super Bowl when I'm laying on the couch <laughs> all hungover as shit, right? Um, you do take stock. 
right? Like, okay, another year's gone Absolutely. by. You don't take it for granted at our age, you know? Um, you know, and, and, you know, where am I going? What have, what have we accomplished? What are we trying to do here? And yesterday, just pulling into the Browns game, you get that stack of parking passes, right? And then it's that's yeah. the next one. Uh, for the home season, so it's like, wow, another one gone. Um, unfortunately, it was like too many of the others. I will give people credit, whether they're wearing a six congrats jersey or not. A lot more people showed up at that game than I thought there would be. Yeah. Uh, I will, for as low as the bar is, I will give the team credit for showing up and competing because they didn't do that the week before. And then no. um, we are where we are because the coach has no feel for managing a game, and you can't leave the door open for one of the most explosive offenses that we've seen in a long time. And the Browns, Browns, and the Ravens, Ravens, and Freddie, Freddie, and congrats on the coaching searches on. Yeah, um, a couple of things I want to take from that. The other thing with congrats that we've kind of used, just so you know, and it's one of the favorite things, we had always talked about on Twitter when somebody was giving you hell, and you would, you know, and I would always say, you know, God bless you, and that was really me saying F you. So congrats kind of became one of those as well, where it was like, if I said congrats to you, we're basically mocking you, and it's not really congratulations. It's the complete opposite of congratulations. Yes. So you know that. That's not, I think people should know that part. Congrats is basically everything that congrats isn't. Um, now, you just said something. And I remember reading Terry Francona. When Terry Francona, when I knew I was going to do the Indian sideline job, um, and everybody has their way of preparing for things. Lord knows I need to prepare better at certain things. But I had already had the Terry, the Terry Francona book that was written by Dan Shazany or whatever for, in, in, from Boston. I had never read it. it was, but I figured if I'm going to cover the guy, I probably should read about him, right? You know, just to have a feel of what happened with him in Boston, whatever. So I ended up reading the book, and the book was an easy, pretty easy read. And one of the things that stood out to me was that before they hired him to have the Boston Red Sox job, they had some analytic guys coming in. They, they you know, analytics – even though it wasn't talked about and, and, and carried on about it the way it is today, even, you know, 15 years, 12, 15 years ago, it was a big deal in baseball. And the Red Sox did something that I thought was completely amateur, but it wasn't. They basically had Terry Francona sit around their offices, and, and I'm paraphrasing, I haven't read the book in seven years, but they basically had Terry Francona come in and sit in the office with some of their analytics guys and play, like, stratomatic baseball with them and do lineups and talk about analytical moves and ask him what he would do in certain situations. So they basically had him manage games as they knew they were going to hire him just to get a feel for how their analytics guys would play off of them, how he would play off of their analytic guys, and just a feel for how he wanted to manage the games and how they wanted him to manage games. Therefore, they would have the players that would go along with this. Do you see where I'm going with this and how you hire a coach Mm -hmm. and how you prepare to know what a coach is? when you just said the Ravens, Ravens, the Browns, Brown, and Freddie, Freddie, to me, yeah, Freddie's got to go, and it's and it's 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 embarrassing. I don't even like doing shows like this where, you, but it, he's it's written on the wall. He's every game, win or lose, there have been fireable offenses. And look, the first six weeks, seven weeks of the season, I could deal with it. First time through, this is all new to him. I get it. But when you got a guy that's in week sixteen, week seven, he lost the game in a minute eight. Close your ears, little kid. Close your ears, Miss Jackson. There are people's sex lives that last longer than how he ruined that game yesterday. Like, you that, that you can't be an NFL coach and lose the game in a minute eight. Like, that's – but 
what I was getting at before, because I don't want to lose my mind the way I want to lose my mind. As an organization, the Cleveland Browns need a true – they need to go on one of those retreats again. You can't just hire anybody to lead your franchise. We always talk about – when I was a running back in high school or whatever, they would tell you, hey, man, you're toting the franchise. Meaning, when the ball's in your hands, you represent our whole entire team. So you can't be all willy-nilly with it. You put it on the ground, you put our whole season on the ground. When you fumble, when you're, when you're careless with it, you're careless with our entire team. Well, John Dorsey, D. Haslam, like you fumbled in the biggest year, the biggest opportunity you had to move forward and just be a normal organization, a part of the National Football League, you totally fumbled. How do you fumble in a situation like this and not know whether you have the next Jimmy Johnson or the next guy that's going to run Jimmy Johns? <laughs> Where'd you say I that? I mean, this, <laughs> well, I, I, how can I not go with Jimmy Johns with you and I on, on this together? And I'm hungry. I want a sandwich. I, Zach, it's just I, we've had the conversation, and we can go through different plays, different moments, but it's like, it's the same. We're seeing it like, like literally, like I'm like he's not going to run the football. Like you're really not going to run it one time. Oh, right. And then he, and then he, and then he doubles down on his, his stupidity. Whether it's wearing the dumb t-shirt, t-shirt had nothing to do with what happened in that Pittsburgh game. But then he dummies down the next day or in the same day and goes, I wear it again. Then yesterday saying I wanted to try to score twice. Hey idiot, you scored six points in 28 minutes. How the hell are you going to score twice in a minute eleven? Like, is he is the PR staff not talking to him? Does John Dorsey not tell him how stupid he sounds? And you know I hate bagging on coaches, but this is ridiculous. It is. Look, I, I, I try to make a case. There is none, right? And, and you again, really we know this here because we've done this. You don't get any better in the short term when you fire the coach because you have to fire everybody. You have right. to start again. You lose momentum. You lose experience. Because, you know, a first-year head coach in the first few games, you don't know what to expect because he's never coached this group before because he's never done it, right? You right. Know, you're playing against right. some of the right. most stable and best organizations in the league, two of them in your own division. One was in your stadium yesterday, right? They know the importance of culture. They know the importance of stability. Mm. They, they have a good feel for everybody's going to make mistakes. Coach, quarterback, 53rd guy on the roster. But they have what they believe in, their core values, their go-to, their bread-and-butter plays, their things yep. that they hang their hat on. And you start again. All of a sudden, you're scouting for a new defense, right? All of a sudden, you're implementing a new defense. All of a sudden, you have brand-new special teams coach that has his own guys. All of a sudden, you have brand-new offensive scheme. I mean – the Browns drafted Baker in April 2018. By the time he shows up for work in May 2018, he'll be the fourth head coach. 2020. You're 2020, right. yeah, you're whatever. Saying. Same shit. I don't know. I, I don't know what day it is. No, you're right. <laughs> Neither does he. Neither Speaking does he. Him. And that's the other part. Of, <laughs> that's what we can do the whole podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here, I, I was having a Baker discussion today because he's stuck, guys. Okay. Look, you know. It's all year, all year, all year. Um, 5.8 per attempt is just not getting it. And, you know, it's not all on him. 
but we'll see. Here's what someone texts me. I have to read this. It's almost like they, they knew that it would get read on the A to Z podcast. <laughs> Quote, don't think I've ever disliked a player more. They gave him the keys, and he drove the car into a Swenson's building. He got out, ate, he all, ate all the burgers, then drove off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, there's, I can't fight that. I mean, his body language is horse. Like, once again, and you and I have had discussions, and you know I get mad when local radio shows, Ken Carmen, I'm tipping your hat at you. I love you. but And it's not even him. I'm, I, I actually love Ken right now. He don't even know why. Neither do I. It's just the holiday season. Um, I hate hearing about winning press conferences. You know, that just irritates me. They can't even win press conferences anymore, Zach. You had Jim Donovan on Channel 3, the voice of the Browns. We all know and love him, hear him. I'm such, you know, like, and he like he had a state statement last night you know, on the on his Channel Three show with Nick Amino, where he basically said last year they won more games and they were way more lovable, and that's how he walked away. And like, and, and even my wife was like, "Damn," I go, "Yeah," I go, "When Jim Donovan is on TV on the Cleveland Browns football field saying they won more games and were way more lovable a year ago, it's a problem." And we can do the whole thing on Baker. And we can, bl- and like, I love when people want to point fingers and it's, well, it's the coach's fault. No, dude, you got to overcome some stuff. And he hasn't overcome some stuff. Maybe he's dealing with an injury. Maybe not. All guys are banged up. He is not a better player. His body language is shit. They should have never made him a voice, the voice of the Browns, basically. Not Jim Donovan style, but after games and voicing, he wasn't ready for that. Now, is all that his fault? No, it's not. But when you're the quarterback of the team, much like the head coach of the team, you got it. You 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 take the good with the bad, and there's a lot of bad right now. And I mean, Zach, you've covered the Cleveland Browns, and we've seen some shit. We've heard some shit. We've been around some shit. But you ever seen some shit like this, where every week a different player cusses out the head coach, like on the sideline, like that? Like go to like it happens, but it don't happen every week, Zach. On every other team, Dre, they got two. 15-yard penalties yesterday on the Ravens' side. Right. One right. for one well, taunting yeah, after a simple you. catch. And, yes, they might have been right. quick with the flag, but you just don't do that shit. You're playing the best team no, in the well, league, and right. you're the Browns. Right. And right. Two, right, right. Let me stop there. Stop, stop on that one. And remember the second one, because the second one I want to – here's my problem with all of you guys' noses up the Browns' ass and players' ass. If one more person tweets me and tells me, well, he does that after every catch. So that so I drive I drive eighty and sixty fives every day. What am I supposed to tell the cop when he pulls me over? Hey, I, was, I do this every day. He's still going to say you shouldn't do it. And let's just be be adults. Stop just blowing anything that that plays towards the Browns. He's on the other team's sideline, people. That is taunting. You can't do it if you're in the middle of the field. No problem. The other thing is he's a 25, 26 year old goddamn man, and he's doing something the kids did. Why are you guys protecting him? It's an it's a immature piece of shit thing to do. Why are we still protecting this? It's the problem with the entire organization. We just keep playing along, and it, we think it's great. Was it Ticky Tech? Sure. But after the last Browns home game against a divisional opponent where somebody took a helmet off and fucking tried to kill somebody's cranium, you think officials say when the team plays a team from the AFC North that they're going to they're gonna judge a little bit tighter? Isn't that the human being thing to do? Why don't we stop blaming the refs? Stop blaming them. Stop blaming the NFL and look in the fucking mirror. 
We got a bunch of kids out there playing a man's game, getting man paychecks, but we want to protect the player because he thinks he's a fucking rascal, some rascal, and he wants to do that. He does that every time. Well, go make a T-shirt and wear the T-shirt. Take the 15-yard yes. penalty. But they're a bunch of immature jackasses. It is, it is team T-shirt, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, he does that all the time. But, what is, go ahead. What is the full doors? The full doors is two 15-yard penalties on the Ravens' sideline. One for taunting and one during an injury timeout. Right, right. And these are two guys that, as you said, full doors, because I, I think I texted up, but this, those, are, those are your two man guys that Doris brought in this year. Where's the leadership? Where are the veterans? Where are the real men that say, hey, enough of this boy? And I like Sheldon Richardson, but that's horse shit. And I get it. He was trying to protect his guy, whatever. But when a referee says it's just like, and I had a cop, and you know the cop, and I love him. Because he got mad about the tweet. And I go, dude, if I'm going 30, and I said, if I'm going 20 over, and I go, you're going to let me go? He goes, I'm going to let you go, but I wouldn't let Deke go, which was funny. But my point was, come on, you're a cop. You know better. You, we all know better. But we make, we make so many excuses for this game. It's unbelievable. But keep making the excuses because you're a game away from 5-11. and 11. Just be glad it didn't happen because, man, I would have wrote a song that would have got me fired from all five of my jobs. I got two. You can't get one. <laughs> oh, I needed that laugh. <laughs> um, so I would like to talk about something else. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's um. All right. Let's well, talk oh, quarterback. Right, before we play, congrats, congrats. Legit thing. What? We hopefully will have another podcast later in the week, but it is the holiday, and yeah. it's crazy, so we'll see. Um, you know, now that it's been digested, that the Heisman's over, the Big Ten championship game is over, you know, uh, it's snuck up. The playoffs are too early, in my opinion. They're this Saturday. So now that, you know, we've digested it and it's right around the corner, um, what do you think about Ohio State Clubs? Um. I think that Ohio State can't start slow like they have against good teams this year. Um, because the one thing with and, and you know, really, it's going to be one of those weird heavyweight fights, in my opinion, because Clemson hasn't played really a talent like Ohio State this year. Ohio State has played talented teams. And Ohio State, whether it be Penn State, whether it be Wisconsin, have not started, even Michigan, have not started fast. I just don't think you can play Clemson. Forget who Clemson's played, who they are, what they are, all that stuff. I just don't think you can get behind two scores against Clemson or give Clemson a feeling that they are – because here's the thing with Clemson, and we saw this years back when Clemson kind of put – you remember, a lot of people forget this. I thought Clemson put their – kind of put – and I don't want to make fun of the Boses or, or Baker Mayfield. But to me, Clemson put their – they planted their flag way back in that game against – the bowl game against Ohio State that wasn't a playoff game where they basically ran them off the field. Yeah, the Orange Bowl. And you never yeah. – the Orange Bowl. We had never seen an Urban Myers team – you know, physically get run off the field where the athletes, I mean, the receivers were ridiculous. That hadn't been seen. So I guess that is in the back of my mind, Zach. Um, I know that Ohio State's got some of the best, I know they both have some of the best athletes in the world. My point is they have a quarterback that if he's, if they're blocked for him, he can get the ball downfield. They have receivers that can do it. Now, I don't agree with one of the ESPN guys that said every time uh, they line up against the one corner, it's going to be a, you know, it's, it's a mismatch. <laughs> but I do think you better establish Mr. Dobbins early, uh, and I think you better get six um, or at least three on your first or second drive because you, you just can't. You can't. You may get into a, uh, you know, a, 
into an up-and-down game, but I think you need to get up early um, just because of how Ohio State's played, just because Clemson, the way the way uh, their coach Dabo's got them hyped up, you let them get up 10, and you might get boat raced. Yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what you said. You know, Ohio State's not out of the game because they got so many playmakers, right? And, and Right. Um, you know, they they can score like crazy, but I agree that I think they need to establish J.K. Dobbins early. They need to keep Clemson off the field and, and grind out some drives and then, you know, get those big plays in the flow off some RPO stuff or off getting people peeking at Dobbins, um, you know, rather than, like you said, needing them, right? And and right. Know, especially the second game with Wisconsin. I mean, that when you look at it, it's so fair to, un, to Ohio, unfair to Ohio State to be playing a rematch in that spot. You know, it just is. No doubt. Um, it's a bad system, but it was. They showed their they showed their um, just the overall talent, and they are loaded. Um, so is LSU. So is Clemson. You know, uh, right. in, in coming back from that. But it, it's understandable. You play a really good team like Wisconsin um, the second time around, and they're going to be ready for you. Um, you know, Ohio State had that killer stretch, three good teams in a row. Um, you know, I don't know how good Penn State and Michigan are well, or aren't. But right. they're certainly better but than that, anybody Clemson that's, played all year long. Right. Right, no doubt, and that should and that should help them on Saturday. Yeah, it Don't should. No, it, it should. So, um, you know, it's first for Fields on this stage. Um, True. I mean, Ohio State's really good, and and yeah, I, I could see it turning into a little like the national championship game last year, where they trade touchdowns for a while. And, it, and it, oh yeah, I could oh, see yeah. it taking thirty-eight or more points to win this game. Uh, I think Ohio State's right. capable of that. You know, with Clemson. Um, they just haven't played anybody in a long time, but they've crushed them, and you know what they have. I mean, they have a first-round right. receiver. They have a running back that's been there forever. And they have a quarterback who's still young, but everybody thinks it's going to be the number one pick a year from now. And we've seen him on this stage last year. It, why yeah. Why is there so much hype around Trevor Lawrence? Well, it wasn't fabricated like it was about the Browns, right? No. It's because we saw what he did as a true freshman right. a season ago right. to Nick Saban defense. So I'm excited got, for it. He got pretty hair. Yeah, he is pretty. You know, <laughs> you know the one thing that I will say? It's funny that as all this evolution of football, college football has happened, and Ohio State needed to go through their Urban Meyer experience to, you know, to offensively and speed-wise catch up with everybody else. It's almost like you need um, you need Woody back on the sidelines in this game to me. Because I think you're right. First to 38 wins, I'll go that far. But I think they have to control the clock, and they got to use dot. You know what I mean? You got to go. You're not going to go in the I formation and play, you know, Woody Ball. But you do need to dominate the clock, and you do need J.K. Dobbins. I think I don't want Clemson because the one thing about Clemson, and I don't know about their depth defensive line wise, but I know in the past that has been a problem for Ohio State's linemen is those quick defensive ends and, and, the, and the, the brute force they have in the middle. That concerns me right now, Zach. Yeah, no doubt. Um, before we play, congrats, congrats. Have you been to Top Golf yet? I have not, but I will be soon. I think uh, Rexy Connect is having their uh, they're having their Christmas party there next week, I believe. Oh, nice. So, um, I got some friends in from out of town for the holiday, and we're thinking about going tonight. But uh, I turn more and more into Reggie Jackson every day, and I just think about it being packed because nobody works tomorrow. You know, I think about being. Well, can I tell? Can I tell? Right, can I tell you something crazy to go off of that? Yeah. I drove by there. I drove by there this morning at, I want to say nine ten. I know for a fact because I looked them out because we were taking the kids to see Santa Claus at Fox, and it was already people there. Already people like in, in Ohio, it was like forty degrees that, and there were already people swinging 
at Top Golf today. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I, I might just want to hit up the local pub instead, and I can dream that I'm swinging from a golf club. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, it does look cool. There was one diagonal from my hotel in Phoenix, and, I, and I've driven by the ones uh, in other places, but I haven't been yet. So I, I was just curious because right before we came on, we were in a group, te- group text talking about maybe going up there tonight. So, um, I mean, if you, I, I would tell you to do – I mean, it's, have you gone to one before? No, I haven't. I haven't. You will love it. It's right up here. I mean, they've got it's got everything. And I already know a bartender that's running the bar there too. So uh, we're definitely gonna have to have an outing. If you're I know exactly where you... that has beer and TVs is my kind of spot, then you're right. It's profile. <laughs> well, it's, it's got both of those, and it's got and you ain't Tiger Woods, and it's got golf clubs, so it's everything you need. No, that's true. All right, um, let's. Well, no, let's before we play congrats and congrats, let's do our obscure Browns player of the week. It's presented by our friends at Cleveland Whiskey, guys. This is Cleveland Whiskey season. Um, they've had the uh, the holiday bourbon on the shelves for weeks. If you need a last-minute present, it makes one. But when you're planning your Ohio State parties, your New Year's Eve parties, Cleveland Whiskey has all sorts of products. They're a local company, and um, this is this is their this is their season, and they want you, and we want you to check them out at this time of year. Um, when you think Browns and Christmas Eve, or this this time, it's usually a week before the firings. So obviously on Christmas Eve, <laughs> two things come to mind: um, the game where the Steelers just destroyed him and the, the fan ran on the field and James Harrison suplexed him and yeah. was sober. Uh, Bill Lubinger did that story in the plane dealer all those years later about how the guy never drank again after that day. Yeah. <laughs> flashed before his eyes. And then a few years later on Christmas Eve, when they were losing um, to the Bucks by multiple touchdowns and Davin Holly recovered a fumble and ran it to the end zone and danced. And so Dancing Davin. Our Cleveland, our Cleveland whiskey obscure Browns player of the week is dancing Davin Holly. He was one of my favorites. We did some TV together. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh yeah. guy who went to college at Cincinnati, so he, he's a Midwestern guy who was a hilarious guy. Um, and, uh, Davin, if, in case you're listening or if anybody knows where you are, I hope you're doing well. But uh, congrats to you on being our obscure Browns player of the week. That is great. <laughs> oh, you know it. You know it. For sure. For sure. For sure. You good? You everything else good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm podcasting, but I'm good. Later. Later. Be good. What the hell's going on? <laughs> man, I got stopped in the light when my boys hit me up. Sorry, man. You know how it is. You got to cut that off. I was, I was trying to go. <laughs> uh, That's my life. I, had, I went to talk dancing Davin, and I looked over, and he was playing his music, looking at me going, you ain't going to say what's up? <laughs> I'm like, I'm podcasting, bitch. <laughs> Uh, you just never know here on the A to Z podcast. You just never know. <laughs> Dancing da- Davin. Um, the best part about that story, I got to say this, is that he knows that we tell that story because we messed with him. Remember, we messed with him about it after it happened a couple years later. And, and in true Browns form, and it kind of plays off of, the, you know, when, when Jim Donovan last night is saying this team was way more lovable. Um. You know, there were guys, whether it be Lee, like I was sitting, I'm not best friends. I'm not even friends with Lee Bodden or Davin. But, like, there are guys that Sean Smith, Sean Jones, there were guys that you could like that you pulled for on those old Browns teams. And I'm not talking that old. You know, when we do this, like, you pulled for those guys. You know what I'm like? And even till the day, like, Lee Bodden and I were sending messages to each other a week ago or two weeks ago, just bullshit. 
and I'm not covering the team, and I'm not putting words in your mouth. Yeah, we made fun of Davin Holly because he's dancing there, getting their kid, ass kicked. Yeah, we made fun of Andre King for blocking a punt and feeling like he was the man. Like you know, like but those were like normal dudes that were just excited. Like they were just normal dudes that were excited to make a play, right? Where now it's and maybe I'm just getting old. Um, but Davin to me was harmless. But I see Demarius Randall yesterday, bitching and moaning. It's like, dude, just cover your guy. Stop playing, like cover your guy. Like, like I, I called Mark Andrews is going to score a touchdown down the middle of the field on a blitz 20 minutes before it happened. If my fat butt on the couch can call it, you're getting paid to do it, Demarius Randall. Like, I, I, I have never been so frustrated with a Cleveland Browns team and watching a Cleveland Browns team. Um, did, did blown coverages happen back in 06, 05? Absolutely. But just the way they handled themselves, just it, it felt different. And maybe I'm wrong. But that's just a personal feeling right now. Like, I saw Camino. Camino, stop tweeting. You're terrible at it. Ebola wants you back. Um, but he put out, like, something where he's like, did you? And this, I think this is one of the dumbest questions of all time, by the way. I've heard it multiple places. I'm just not calling out Camino. But the whole, did you enjoy the 0-16 season more than this season? That's fucking stupid. You went 0-16. Didn't people realize how bad that year was? And, of course, every idiot jumped on Twitter and agreed with and said, oh, yeah, 70% sure. 0-16 was way better than this year. And, like, and look, we're, I, I get it's the, work, the moment, you know, the moment makes us say things like that. And I'm not trying to be the defensive coordinator or the special teams coordinator and try to tell everybody to shut up. They won six games. But he's got a point. Six, but they had the six worst victory Mondays of all time, right? Like, think about that. Yeah. You couldn't even enjoy wins this year. Yeah. Like, so I'll ask you the question. Has the Cleveland Browns organization – and, this, and tweet me, because I'm asking Zach, but I'm curious what all you guys think. I'm Nick Camino on it here. This is called I'm going to be lazy and not give my own opinion. Have the Cleveland Browns taken a step forward or backward in 2019? Yeah, I think And I don't know the answer right now, Zach. Yeah, I mean. Because the quarterback situation, you think you got a quarterback, but you, you think you do, right? Well, we did the – You still got my – Last go week we did the 31 new guys thing, right? And do they still yeah, yeah, right. want you guys? Because if they do, they haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, I mean, look. That, yeah, that. Look, the quarterback's going to be here. You picked him number one in the draft. That's the one guy that's going to be here. You think Nick Chubb's going to be here. Batonio and Tread are probably going to be here. Miles Garrett, probably going to get fully reinstated, come back, be a really good player. Right, I know. But in a general sense, the point is the quarterback's going to be here. And he's got to be better. Yeah. And you got to you got to support him better. You got to coach him better. Got to put him in better spots. But he has to be better because if he stinks, then it all goes kaput again, right? And then well, and that goes yeah, and yeah. and that goes into what I'm saying. You only have so many years. Like I keep hearing the Lamar the Lamar talk, how long he's going to last, and everything else. Well, if he goes to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl this year, you don't matter how long he lasts. They got what they needed out of their exactly. first round pick. Exactly. You just wasted a year. You just wasted a year with the number one overall pick. On and Christmas he didn't get Eve, better. Two, yeah, Dre, on Christmas Eve 2022, are we talking about the playoff picture or are we telling Devin fucking Holly stories, right? Baker Mayfield is Bingo, bingo, <laughs> bingo. No, that's the perfect way to say it. Like, how much longer are we going to have to do that? How much longer are we going to be doing Devin Holly stories and Dalen McCutcheon stories and not talking about the fucking quarterback actually hosting a playoff game? Yeah. Like, right. th- that's where it's at. So, did they take a step for, for, forward? Eh, yeah. Nick Chubb is unbelievable. 
and I've said it before, Nick Chubb is a lot like what was going on with Michael Jordan in North Carolina. There's only one person that can keep him under 20 points, and that was the head coach in North Carolina. Right. There's only one guy that can shut down Nick Chubb, and it's Fat Freddie. God, I hate making fun of Freddie. I do. But he's he's made it impossible not to. All right. Um, congrats. Speaking up. Well, okay, 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 go ahead. All right. In, in, in searching deep, deep, deep for positives, congrats to guys like Porter Gustin and Brian Cox Jr. who weren't in the league six years six weeks ago who have come in <laughs> and shown the right. Browns that they're at least worth a second look. They're playing their asses off. That's all you can ask for. No right. doubt. Hey, Chad Thomas, too. Chad Thomas, too. Yeah. I made a lot of fun of Chad Thomas, but when he finally got in, he made some beats from Rick Ross, and he can play football. So I, I, I'm not saying he's a star, but he did make he he showed up, is what I was saying. And congrats, not only to David Njoku, but to all of you who would list David Njoku when he told me how loaded this offense was. Yeah, um, congrats to all you guys that keep getting mad that they're not getting the ball to Hollywood or Njoku. Like, like, come on. You know how bad this team needs wins? It's obvious they got a bunch of immature guys that think way more of themselves than who they are. Congrats to you guys. I mean, I see more people complain about that on Twitter than I see people caring about, like, like, the, like anything else. There's obviously a reason they're not playing those guys. And, yeah, I know the coach is bad during the day, but that's, not, like, don't you think – and I am meant to ask you this a while ago. How much do you think Doris plays into – Who's active and inactive? Most most general managers have a little say, right? They shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. But in this well, situation, most weeks it's rather obvious, Dre, because you're going to have a couple. You're going to have, you know, obviously you're not going to dress three quarterbacks, right? And you're not right, if you're right. at full strength and you and you carry eleven DBs or nine O linemen, whatever wherever your overage is, you're going to have one there. But you know, by the time you add in injuries, it's usually only a couple of decisions each week. Right, because you you should have guys. The expectation should be that guys are doing what they're supposed to in practice, that they're not being pains in the ass, that they're learning their assignments or running the right routes. And so then the decision all comes down to, do we need an extra guy for this injury situation? Do we need an extra guy for this goal line package or to match this team's personnel grouping? And then it's pretty cut and dry who's going to play out of the 46 guys. Right. And it's not that difficult to figure out, right? No, no, not at all. Like like that's. That shouldn't be difficult at all. Um, so we're doing congrats and congrats. I want to think of a solid one in going forward. Um, I think when I look around the NFL, I think congrats to the San Francisco 49ers and uh, Shanahan. Did you see that? Did you see what happened with Beathard and just the, the pep talk he gave to his team after the game uh, Saturday night? Like this. It's just such a difference when you have a real coach and a real leader amongst men and how they go about things. And congrats to the Seattle Seahawks, who running back situation got so bad that they had to go get my boy. They had to go get Marshawn Lynch. But they have fallen, and I'm saying it to a team that's winning 11 games. But when you wonder why we complain and why we take every week of the NFL so serious, Seattle's one of the better teams that probably played over their head, even when they came here to Cleveland for most of the year. And unless, and I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of their games over the last five, six weeks. They're probably going to go to Philadelphia, you know, in two weeks, despite having a better record. But it's amazing how they have fallen apart in the last two weeks. And San Fran has weathered the storm somehow. Yeah. Um, no doubt. And that's, 
you know, you're going to lose guys, right? You're going to lose games and you're going to lose guys. And it's about circling the wagons, finding a way, win one along the way that you're not supposed to, right? And, and kind of figure it out. Right. Have a system and a culture that you believe in, right? Think that you're doing the right thing and, and that next man up is not just a cliche as much as it is. That it's the next, that you've gotten the next, you, you've been, you've had that guy on your payroll because you expect him to be ready when called. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, when yes, I think yes. about Marshawn Lynch, um, I always think about – well, I think about a lot of things, including driving the golf cart. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. But I think about last year when I made the tactical error of actually staying in downtown Oakland when I went out there for the game. Oh, and as I walked down the yeah. sidewalk and went by his store, there was a sign handwritten on a piece of cardboard and a Sharpie. said, Beast Mode, don't take no pixes with no men. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love that dude. I so love. I so love that dude. I really do. I really do. No um, uh, let's have time on a congrats and congrats because this may be, and I don't like doing this, but I heard you do this on the uh, Bull and Fox show, probably about fifteen, sixteen weeks ago. First, first round quarterbacks from two thousand seventeen. Now that we're with one week left in the 19th season, I, I know who your number one pick would be. Buffalo's in the playoffs. Oh, 2018. If I said it. Yeah, 2018. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, how would you how would you put the four five quarterbacks now? Rose is obviously five, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, he doesn't. Play but how would you grade him now? Magic for a tanking team, right? He's been traded. Yeah, right. You know, Josh. Got to go, Lamar. I would say Josh Allen has the second highest ceiling, but I'm not sure he'll. I I think he's trending Ever more towards there. Derek Anderson than anything else, right? Ooh, an athletic Derek Anderson. Eh? Yeah, an athletic Derek Anderson. But again, you can win, okay. and I'm not taking anything away from any game the Buffalo Bills have won, right? <laughs> because right. it's hard to right. win in this league. Um, you know, no, I think Sam Darnold still has a really high ceiling. He had kind of a lost year. I mean, you get the mono, and I do too. All that stuff. Um, Sam Darnold's still only 22 years old. He's playing for a bad right. organization, right? Um, he, he could well, still... that ain't going to change. Uh, that part ain't changing. <laughs> I, I don't have Darnold's numbers right. in front of me, and I hesitate to type them up, up right now. You don't um, have to. Don't. Don't do what it. You're asking Just off me, your eye. I don't want to do it. Okay. Here's what I think you're asking me. Who am I taking, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Right. Um, 20 months ago, the answer was Sam Darnold by a wide margin. And today, Christmas 2019, the answer is Sam Darnold by a wide margin. We'll see what happens. Oh, I can't disagree. Congrats with an S to the Kent State University Golden Flashes yes. on their first, first ever, 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 ever bowl victory. That was very sweet. That was very cool. It was just awesome to see Kent State team all about to score points. So uh, shout out to everybody who's got anything to do with the Golden Flashes. I had to remember that. I'm glad I got that. So Sean Lewis came here. Um, guys, their budget is shit. Their facilities are shit. Let's just be honest. Um, mm-hmm. They play all these buy games to keep the program alive. But um, it keep takes multiple a belief, programs alive. You know, they, they finished as strong as, as anyone could. Of course, there's a humongous truck backing down my street here with the lights on and beeping like crazy. <laughs> it's got my train of thought thrown off. Um, with Northeast Ohio kids in the recruiting class and on the roster, they're not going to ever win the national championship. They know that kids here 
come from great programs with great coaches and a place where football matters, and they know that they want to be good. You go to Kent State, um, yeah, they put guys in the NFL. They've had incredible individual talents. But they want guys who want to be part of a team concept who know it's not going to be easy. Next year they play at Kentucky, at Penn State, and at Alabama. Their one home sure. non-conference game is Kennesaw State, who's one of the top programs in 1AA. Yeah. And can beat a lot of teams, including Kent State. I think Kent beat them in either in overtime this year or at the regulation buzzer. I don't know what it was. But um, takes a certain type of kid and coach to buy in and, and to – at when you pick up the pieces literally of getting blasted by 90 at Wisconsin in October and go back and win all but one of the rest of your games, and they did that. And that's a huge, it's a huge story that gets overlooked. And so congrats all the way to Sean Lewis and the Flashes. You guys deserve all the little bit of attention that you're getting for that. Yes, they do. Yes, they absolutely do. Um, congrats to Terrell Pryor. I know it's a couple of weeks late, but we got to get this in there. Um, and, and I don't talk about stuff like this on the podcast. But not only did she almost kill him, Z, he went and bailed her out afterwards after she almost killed him. Get your lives together. Gentlemen, learn from that. Learn from these situations. If a woman will cut you after she's been out for a night, and you'll go get her, and you'll get her out after she almost killed you, she's got something going on that you ain't strong enough to deal with. Run! And I cleaned that up from how I really wanted to say it. Uh, I think that's the end. I mean, we're, we're spreading Christmas cheer here, and Andre's talking about the Rupert getting stabbed. So uh, thank you for listening. Guys. <laughs> 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 your time work or your family or someone else's family, whatever it may be. Um, Don't get stabbed! <laughs> shouts Cleveland Whiskey. Shouts American Fireworks. Hey, uh, gift certificates make a, la- make a great last-minute present. You know what else does my book? I'm going to have to rewrite the damn thing <laughs> here in a week. But buy it. Um, support our sponsors. Thanks for supporting us. We love you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Don't get stabbed, Terrell. Don't get, get stabbed. Only two, things, 